Welcome to Beyond the Pink Cloud, the podcast where we talk about moving forward in our lives through recovery and navigating the world with grace, ease, and humor. We've got tools and strategies from the experts to help you live with less stress and increased ease. Let's get into today's episode. Hey there, thank you for joining me for another episode. And in this episode, I'm speaking with Miss Sheba Coffee. She's a really an amazing person. We did this interview about a month ago, and I'm just now putting it out. And I think you're really going to enjoy it. She's got a TEDx talk that's fantastic. I highly recommend you go and watch it. And that's linked in the comments. And we talk about it a bit more in the interview. So if you are, you know, I think fear is something that all of us go through. It's just a part of, of our biology and our, our human condition. I think trying to like avoid it or get away from it is almost just redundant to our beings. I think it's part of who we are and how our, our biological process is set up for us to survive. Truly, it's a survival mechanism. But Shiba's got a really interesting take on fear and on moving forward through it. So I think you'll enjoy this episode a lot. And in other news, it's really hot here in San Diego. <laughs> I, I closed the windows and turned off the fan to record this and it's going to be short because, <laughs> because I need to open everything back up. It's hot, which is, it's great. I prefer that to it being cold. So hopefully in your neck of the woods, it's also warm or it's some temperature that you like. So thank you so much for listening. Uh, Sober and Calm, the 30-day program starts the 13th Monday, which is when this episode comes out. So if you do want to get it on it, do it now because our first call is Monday evening. And after that, I'm not going to take any, any new people just to keep some cohesion within the group and to start to build our container within that 30-day period. And I'm really excited about the program. We've got a wonderful group of women already signed up and you know it's just more more tools to come into your essential self, more tools to manage anxiety, more tools to to move through life with greater ease. And those are all a lot of words, but this work is very experiential. And so as we lay the foundation with programs like this, the experience becomes more a part of the, the day-to-day existence. And that's where the ease really comes in. So... If you're interested, please come sign up. I'll, I'll happily, you know, grab some more folks today if you if you want to take part. But today's it. And before before uh, 4 p.m. PST. After that, I think I'm shutting and locking the gates for this round. And thank you all for hanging in there. I know episodes have been fewer and further between. Um, just I've had a lot of other things going on, really. But I love doing this podcast so much. And I've got some really great guests lined up. So we should get back on a weekly basis here next week. And thank you, as always, for listening. Please like, please subscribe, please tell your friends. And I love that you love the podcast and that you're here and that you're listening. So thank you so much. And please enjoy this episode. Hi, and thank you so much for joining me on another episode of Beyond the Pink Cloud. This is your host, Dr. Alice Kirby. And today with me, I'm very excited because I have Miss Sheba Coffee. Sheba is a success coach and speaker. She recently was featured on a TEDx talk entitled Hashtag Fear Movement and currently has a masterclass named Using Fear to Create the Success You Want. Sheba was recently an expert panelist on the webinar Thriving in Uncertainty. She does group and individual coaching. She was the co-chair of the training subcommittee for the 2019 NCAA Final Four. 
She's also the former publisher of Women's Business Minnesota magazine. And these are just some of the accolades and some of what Sheba brings to the table. But I did want to go through some of her her amazing accomplishments and the work that she does in the world. And thank you so much for being here, Sheba. Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. And I know I gave a little bit of an extensive intro there, but I'd love if you could just tell us a bit about yourself. Okay. So a little bit about myself. I was born and raised in New York and I kind of been all over the place. I started high school in New York, finished in North Carolina, went to college in Washington, D.C., but then finished in in Minnesota. And I've been in and out of Minnesota for the past 30 some years. And I say in and out of Minnesota because I did quite a bit of traveling. I would say I'm a world traveler now, having visited and 17 countries and then also lived, I think, in three different countries. And so um, I'm a success coach, like you mentioned, and I've had a lot of phenomenal experiences that I'm looking forward to sharing because I think there's some commonalities in those experiences that could be helpful to other people. Absolutely. And I'm, I'm curious, I watched your, your TED talk about the hashtag fear movement and I loved it. You have such a wonderful talk and I'll definitely link that in the show notes so anyone can go and take a look at that. But what interested you in studying fear in the first place? Like what got you going down that line or down that path? So I'm glad you asked that question. It wasn't that I was interested in studying fear. It was a traumatic experience that happened to me. So while I was overseas doing study abroad in college, my closest brother died and I didn't even know. And I know that sounds bizarre. Like, how could you not know your brother died? But I was in college. I was overseas. I was studying Spanish. I don't speak Spanish. I was living with a Spanish family. So my brother died abruptly and my parents didn't tell me because they knew for certain I would fail all my classes. And then financially, they didn't have the resources to bring me home for the funeral and then send me back to Spain and those kinds of things. So they thought it was in my best interest not to tell me. So when study abroad was over, I landed in New York and my brother was in New York. He was the very first call that I made when I got off the plane and his phone was disconnected. And I was like, what the heck is going on? So I called my parents and my father said, Lonnie's dead. Mm. And don't talk to your mother about this because she's not doing very well. I was so shocked and I was so floored. I don't want to use the D word. So let's just say I was really, really, really down Mm. and I was down for a long time. And it was like I was stuck and I was unproductive and I just couldn't do anything. And I honestly don't know how long it took, but I finally realized Lonnie wouldn't want me to waste my time like this, like doing nothing. And at some point, I finally decided that I'd rather honor honor him by up-leveling my life because he didn't get to. So it wasn't like a thing where I decided, oh, I want to study fear. After that experience, this sounds weird, but the word fear just kept coming in my mind and it just wouldn't leave me alone. And I kept seeing it and I couldn't figure out why. And I'm always the type of person to do the exact opposite of whatever the crowd is doing. So if everybody's, if if people are going to be afraid, I'm going to do the exact opposite. In any case, it was almost like that traumatic experience activated my reticular activation system. Mm -hmm. And it was showing me things. 
And, and if people are unfamiliar with the reticular activation system, I'll just give you a little example. If you decide you like a Mercedes Benz or you want one, you start seeing them all over the place. Mm-hmm. And so this fear thing just kept appearing in my mind. And I couldn't figure it out because it wasn't the fear thing that you're supposed to be afraid of. It was something else. And as it kept unfolding, like I would see words and I, I saw focus and then eventually I saw every day. So each letter in that word stood for directions to help me get through the the pain of my brother's loss. And that became the roadmap for me to be able to accomplish things in, and in lack of a better uh, term. And it helped me to up-level my life in honor of my brother. And then I almost feel like I stumbled upon it. When I realized it, I started using specific goals and I just started working it in my life and after a while and working it in my children's life. And after a while, I realized, oh my God, I can use this to help other people mm-hmm. accomplish their goals. And so I, I kind of wanted to test it and it just kept working for me and kept working for me. And then I almost want to say I used my children. I don't want to say as, as test subjects, but I did. <laughs> and so as a result of me using that little formula with directions, all three of my children went to college free on, on athletic scholarship. And even moving forward, all of them became professional athletes as well. But that's not the only thing. You know, I had friends that, that wrote books and I had friends that up-leveled their careers and, and, you know, made career advancements using those, very, those, those four steps. And then I was like, wow, I could use this to help a lot of people. And not only that, I, I felt like I could use this to start a movement. And I say start a movement because most people think of fear in the traditional sense where it's negative and it keeps you paralyzed and it keeps you stuck. Well, I want people to use it in the exact opposite as a positive to make you productive and to help you achieve your goals. And so it is my goal to help people in this process and also create a movement. So we totally remove the uh, the fear from the word fear mm. and use it as a catalyst to be productive and achieve your goals if that makes sense it does and i love what i love all of what you said but i really like removing some of the the power from the word fear or removing the fear from the word because there's this anticipation that goes with trying to do something that we're scared of or we're not sure yeah. of or it's uncertain and to change that mindset piece before we even do the thing is so okay. huge Exactly. I'm glad you said mindset because that's exactly what you have to do. And so when people hear fear, obviously they're afraid. That's human and that's okay. And it does. you just have to decide, you know what, I'm going to feel this way, but I'm going to do it anyway. My knees are knocking. I'm crying. I'm, there, I'm unsure. I don't know what I'm going to do. I might embarrass myself. I might stumble and fall. So what? Bring it on. You're human. Do it anyway. Yeah. And that's the best advice because I think sometimes you'll hear the advice of like, just don't be afraid, but it's, it's a biological response. You know, we're going to have fear. It's going to show up. It's in our biology and we'll have some yeah. of those, those uh, kind of symptoms or physiological signs that you mentioned with the knees shaking and maybe we're really sweaty, but just to go do it anyway, it's like just, we have one life, you know, just freaking take the steps. Right. Absolutely. And you said it's like a biological response and you're absolutely right. And, and one of the things is the thing that will remove that fear is actually taking action. 
And so that is the one thing that will move, remove the traditional fear because you're just, you're focused and you're distracted from being afraid. You're focused on something and action really is the antidote of fear. So you're taking baby steps and it doesn't matter how small the step is, but doing something, you're, you're gaining confidence, you're moving in a direction, whichever direction it is, and you don't even have time to think about being scared. It's like I'm focused on something else. Yeah. And so it, it really works. That's awesome. Um, and I love, I love how you talked about just now and also in your TED talk about action being the anecdote to fear. And I'm wondering mm-hmm. if you could just briefly walk us through the, the fear acronym that you use for the fear movement and the, the steps that go with that. Because I know action is one of those. Yes, absolutely. So there's four letters in the word fear. And the very first letter is F and that stands for focus. And what needs to happen and what makes this four-step process so successful is you pick one thing, simply one thing. You can write a list of all the things you want to do, but you pick just one and you decide to laser focus on that one thing, but focus on it with emotion. Well, Mm -hmm. you say, well, how can I do that? There's several ways that you can do that. But one of the ways that my clients love the most is creating a limitless story. So you're creating a story around what your life would look like around that one specific goal, whatever it is. And you make that story so vivid and that you could see it, touch it, taste it, feel it. Like it is so good. Like you want to meet yourself. Like there's no challenges, there's no problems. And it is a phenomenal story that is mind bending and mind blowing. So you create this limitless story. You write it once and you record it on your phone using your audio. Everybody has audio on their phone. You can also, uh, and you also videotape it on your phone too. And then you listen to it in the morning in your own voice and you listen to it in the evening before you go to bed in your own voice and you do the exact same thing with the video. And so that will help keep you focused on whatever your goal is. Now, there are several other exercises you can do. That's just one that is very powerful and you can use it over and over again. It's one of my clients' favorites. I love that. The story. I, I love it too. I do it and it gets better and better each time. And the next step is every day. And that's about creating a routine around whatever your focus is. And one of the practices that you can do, and once again, there are several, is create power statements around whatever it is you've chosen. Like, for example, if you decided you wanted to be a best-selling author, you would say, I am, and you fill in the blank, I am a best-selling author. I am a homeowner. I am a loving husband. Whatever it is, it doesn't matter what it is. When you say I am and you fill in the blank, you're speaking as if it's already done. And so you're, you're technically speaking to your subconscious and you're making and having your subconscious make it happen for you. Yeah, that's wonderful. I like it. I'm sorry. I'm just taking notes actually. And I wonder too, if there, is there any conflict do you think between like making I am statements? Cause this is something I wonder about too, making I am statements that aren't Mm -hmm. really what's necessarily true. And like, is there a conflict in your subconscious or have you found this to be true with any of your clients, if you're saying like, I'm a homeowner, but then you also have this like deeper part of you that's like, no, you're not. We live in this shitty apartment or whatever, whatever the reality (laughs) is. I'm curious how you manage that or how that comes up when you're in your own life and in the work that you do with other people. Right. So I'm glad you asked that. And that's pretty funny. (laughs) So 
I feel like I'm in charge. So I am programming my subconscious and I don't care what my reality is. I am going to say I am and fill in the blank. And I'm going to say it so much every day Mm -hmm. that I actually believe it, that my mind, body, or whatever you want to call it, is going to catch up to that. It's going to seep into my subconscious and I'm going to start making moves forward towards doing whatever that is. So I understand you're saying, you know what, I'm not there yet. But when you say I am, it's as if it already exists. And I've done a lot of reading. I am not an expert on this at all, but I've done a lot of reading on the subconscious. And according to what I've read, your subconscious doesn't know what's true or not. So why don't you direct it to tell it mm-hmm. what you want? And then at some point, it, it will make it happen. But it's going to make it happen with some of the other things. It's going to make it happen with your focus and your limitless story. It's going to make it happen with the I am statements. It's going to make it happen with the action that you take. And it's going to, it's going to make it happen with the gratitude that you feel. So it's a combination of things that will make all of that happen. And it might take baby steps, but you will move toward whatever that is. That makes a lot of sense. And I like the idea of thinking about it in conjunction because you could sit and say, you know, I'm rich. And then you sit on the couch and eat popcorn every day and you're not taking any steps. I think that it's potentially where more of the conflict could come in. Exactly. Um, exactly. And so the third step is is action. And like I said, action is the antidote for fear. And one of the things that you can do or one of the things that you should do is always begin with the end in mind. Whatever your grand vision is, see that. And then what is the baby step right in front of that? And then what is the baby step right in front of that? And back it up until you meet yourself where you're at and you start there. That's one of the things you can do. And then it sounds silly, but you can also always consult YouTube University or Google (laughs) University, as I call it, in researching whatever it is you want to do. And if there's someone that you know that is already doing something that you want to do, I would encourage everybody to reach out to them. People are phenomenal. And I know there's a whole lot going on in this world, but people are phenomenal and people are flattered when you reach out to them and they want to help you. And so now even normally I would recommend people to have shadow days with people, seek mentors and that type of thing. And now we live in in Corona times. And so you have to be mindful of your health, but you can even meet people via Zoom now and, and connect with them in that way. So I would encourage people to find people doing what you want to do, ask them how they did it, interview them, research them, do whatever it takes. If you're serious about Whatever it is you want to do, prove it. How bad do you want it? And what are you willing to do? So what I admire about your audience is it sounds like your audience is interested in personal development and they're open to learning and making moves to move forward in in their life so they can thrive. Whereas a lot of people say they want something, but they don't do anything about it. So how bad do they really want it? And if you do, you will do the research. If you do, you will reach out to other people. If you do, you will do something. And if you don't, you just didn't want it bad enough. It doesn't matter that you don't know how, you just have to get started. And then when you find yourself in action mode, people start showing up to help you. You know, you might be directed to a resource or you might luck up on some money or you might you know, connect with someone who's doing what you want to do. When you are in action, things start lining up 
and it's not a pretty line and it's probably a jagged edge or whatever it is, but people start falling in line. Resources start coming your way to help you along your path. You just have to be in action and helping yourself. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And I love the way you articulated all of that. I think it's so easy to become complacent or to, to like talk ourselves out of something because I know when I first started my business a few years ago, I was really like, well, I would do whatever it takes, but I, I need to see what the, like where it's going. I don't know how it goes. And then as I went deeper into it and, you know, have my own coaches and mentors and just took a lot of action, I realized like, oh, I'm not going to know exactly what this looks like. There's no way to know because it's, we, it grows by the doing and that's a little bit different all the time. But I think exactly. that's, that's a hard thing to get over for a lot of people. It was for me a little bit early on, just cause I really wanted this clear roadmap and that just doesn't always exist. <laughs> I don't think it ever exists. No. <laughs> look like you're going to be surprised because that's not how it turns out. And that's the gift of the journey. So it's exciting. And I'm, I feel like we shouldn't be attached to how mm. we should be attached to the doing and then it will unfold. However, it's supposed to unfold. I love that. And I, I really love taking action. I think everyone that I've ever worked with as far as a coach or a mentor is driven that into my brain and I see the power in it. That's where the magic happens. That's where you, you become more clear. Even if it's a baby step from A to B, you gain some clarity and, and it does feel good to be in action. It's enlivening and empowering and sets you up for more success. Even if the thing that you're taking action on, maybe that particular thing doesn't succeed, but that doesn't matter. Like big picture. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. Everything we want is on the other side of action. Mm. You know, we can and say we want this, this, and that, but if we do nothing, we're not going to get anything. You know, if if we if we take some action steps towards whatever it is, something is going to happen. It might not look exactly like we want it to, but something is going to happen. You have to take the risk, take the chance, and be in action. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I have some and more questions for you about action, but I want to hear what the fourth step is. The fourth step is relentlessly. You have mm. the relentlessly have an attitude of gratitude, like an attitude of perseverance. Well, how do you do that? One of the ways that my clients love the most, and I love it too, is simple. You keep a gratitude journal and all you have to do is just write one thing every single day that you're grateful for. And you might say, you know, this is wrong in my life and that's wrong in my life. You know what? Everybody's human. Everybody's life is not great. A lot of times we have storms that feel like tsunamis, but you woke up this morning. Everybody didn't join you in that. And so you can, you can write that. You might have love in your life. You might have perfect health. You, there's so many, you might have great relationships. There's so many things that you can be thankful for. You have vision, like you have your senses. You can see the trees, all those kinds of things. And it's really simple. You write one thing. It doesn't matter what it is. One thing you feel grateful for that day and then write the date. And then the next day you do the same thing and, and just look at, look at that. And that will keep you in a state of gratitude and feeling good. And here's the thing. When you feel good, more good stuff comes to you. And if somebody says, well, you know, I don't have anything to be grateful for. First of all, I'd like to differ. First of all, Somebody would trade with you. I don't care what's going on in your life. Someone would trade with you in a millisecond. And the other thing is your nightmare is somebody else's dream. I don't care what's going on in your life. Somebody else has it worse. So there's always something to be thankful for. And when you're constantly in that kind of state, 
people want to help you. People want to help that happy person. And they're running from the depressed person who's complaining all the time. And so that honestly works and is super simple. You don't have to go out and get a journal. You can just start it on a piece of paper, you know, put down the number one and write something you're grateful for and put the date. And then the very next day, number two, one thing you're grateful for and put the date at the end of 30 days. I think you'll be amazed at what you're grateful for and it'll be a habit and you'll continuously do it. And great things literally start working for you with those four steps. I, re- I really love these four steps that you're describing because it's quite simple. So I think it's it's relatively easy for anyone to understand, but there's also a lot of weight and a lot of power behind the simplicity to really create changes. Absolutely. I love that you said that it is very simple. It is very simple. It seems like it's not always easy, but it is very simple. And so it's really a tool that you could use at your disposal that gives you directions of exactly what to do. You know, your parents aren't always around, your spouse or or significant other isn't always around. There's not always someone around to tell you what to do, but this little set of directions literally tells you what to do. And you can do it by yourself. You can do it with accountability partners. And it just gives you direction to, to help you move forward and to help you thrive. And so I love the simplicity of it. And it works as long as you follow through. Nothing works if you don't, but it works if you follow through. You have to do it to actually get results. (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Like if somebody wanted to lose weight, you can't sit on the couch eating like, you know, a box of cookies. Like you have to do something. (laughs) I've tried that. It does not work. (laughs) I've done some research there. It's definitely conclusive that it's not a fact of weight loss. just a smidge counterproductive. <laughs> I know. Um, and I love that you mentioned too, you've mentioned a couple times the importance of just moving forward with some baby steps. And I think that's really important for people to hear too, because I was going to mm-hmm. ask for some advice um, that you have for people who want to start using this technique, but maybe it's, you know, they, they do feel a bit stuck or quite stuck even, and they're not sure what the next thing to do is, um, if you could maybe share some general advice or or even some baby steps that you've been able to take in your own life or that you've seen your clients or even your children be able to take to just get them started. So some of the baby steps that I would talk about is similar to what I've already mentioned. First of all, you have to decide whatever it is you want and pick just one thing. So you have to make a decision. What one thing will I focus on? And then after you decide on what one thing you'll focus on, You have to have some emotion behind it. Well, how are you going to have the emotion behind it? That's where your limitless story kicks in. And so once they write this limitless story, that's going to keep them focused and it's going to keep them feeling good about what they're doing. It's also going to help them move to the next step of creating a routine to help support whatever it is they're focused on. But the biggest thing to get started is to pick one thing get started. So you have to make that decision. So if you feel like, oh, there's five different things I want to do. Okay. Write down all those five things. Pick the one thing that jumps out at you. Pick the one thing that speaks to you the most. Pick the one thing that you want really, really bad. The one thing you want first. Choose that thing. Write a limitless story around that. And then that's how you get started. You just have to do something. And then you follow the rest of the formula. I love that. And I, I really love your emphasis on picking one thing because I think that's really, that can be so challenging to, to narrow mm-hmm. it down. It's almost scary, I think, to commit to 
just one thing because then it maybe it opens up the possibility for more specific failure. Like when you actually get clear on something, it's like, oh shit, now I really have to, now I really have to do something about it. I think that is paralyzing in itself or can be. It, it really is. I want to give you an example. So I'm trying to, so you've heard of, you know, there's multiple sport athletes. And so I'm just going to make this up. Maybe you're great at baseball. Maybe you're great at tennis and maybe you're great at basketball. Well, first of all, the likelihood of you going pro in any sport is really, really small, but you're not going pro in any sport. If you're diluted, if you're focused against, you know, across three sports, you have to pick one thing and specialize. And that's actually what my children did. They picked one thing and they specialized. And yes, they liked other things, but they stuck with this one thing and they did everything it took to get them to where they want to go. You have to pick one thing. You can't be all over the board because then all of your efforts are just really futile. Nothing's going to work for you. And I'm not saying you can't do multiple things. You just do one thing at a time. Yes, you've got to start with one and, and narrow, narrow that focus, have that real streamlined focus. Exactly. There's a book called The One Thing. Are you familiar with that book? You might listen to it on Audible a little while back. You might enjoy it. It's like a, it's, it talks a lot about this and about some of the brain science behind it, but about why you really have to pick one thing and every day. You know what? I'm unfamiliar with that book, but I love that you mentioned it. So I was, I don't want to use the word addicted, but I am a, um, a reading enthusiast. And so <laughs> add that to my list. So thank you very much for the recommendation. Yeah, you're welcome. And I'm curious too, I love that you just bring it all back to action, especially when we talk about taking baby steps. And I'm, I'm also really curious because when we talk about like pursuing things relentlessly or taking all this action, I feel like because I work with trauma and the nervous system a lot. So I feel like it's really easy for then that to become like way overstimulation or we have to, we're like being hounded by, you know, demons or something to like achieve this thing. And it becomes this, it becomes like a, a less effective stress response. And so I'm curious, and hopefully I'm phrasing this this well so you understand what I'm asking, but I'm curious like how you personally are able to keep grounded and 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 calm like it within your inner self, like in the pursuit of relentless action, because I think that can be a, a difficult concept for people as well. So to keep calm and grounded is the question. Yes. You know like, what? I keep I keep beating a dead horse. So how do you keep calm and, and grounded? You know, I just focus on this one thing. I totally immerse myself in my my limitless story. I read my limitless story. I listen to my limitless story. I watch it because you can videotape yourself on your phone saying your limitless story. I constantly do my power statements, my my I am, and I fill in the blank. I constantly take action and all of that helps me. And I stay in a state of, of uh, gratitude. And I have an attitude of perseverance, like this thing has got to happen no matter what. And so that keeps me grounded, that keeps me focused, and that keeps me going. Now, don't get me wrong. It's not easy. And some days you want to give up. And some days you don't feel like you see the progress. And some days you are in your your feelings. And you are literally crying. And I can't believe I'm, I'm sharing this, but 
I was having a moment. This was several years ago. I was having a moment and I was just crying, crying, crying. And I'm not really an emotional person. And I found myself in the mirror just crying, crying, crying. And I remember the formula in the crying. I'm talking about with the ugly tears and the, <laughs> the nose running and all that stuff. And my face was beat red. Whatever it was I was upset with, I started, I started literally saying thank you. In that moment, as miserable as I was, because I wanted to crawl in a bit and pull the covers over my head and just cry. And I was in the mirror and I just started saying thank you. And I didn't feel like thank you, but I kept saying it and I kept saying it and I kept saying it till I was super loud. And I was like, oh my God, it got to the point where I'm sure my neighbors could hear me until I started to feel it and it became so magical. And so in that moment, I was like, thank you for that moment. Thank you for me having the tears. Thank you for me having perfect health. And even though this sucks, just thank you for this moment. And so what ended up happening was I started feeling thankful and I started feeling better. And now whenever I get my feelings and I'm about to have a little crying moment, I can stop my tears in their tracks because I jump in the mirror and I just start saying thank you. And if I'm nowhere near a mirror, I just start saying thank you and I can control it. And so thank you are really magical words. And even when you don't believe it, and even when you feel like you're not thankful, use it anyway. And you keep saying it and saying it and saying it until you actually feel thankful and they work. It Mm. honestly works. It's like magic. I encourage you to, I invite you to try it. I like that. Just being thankful for whatever's happening. Mm -hmm. And I think even in the moments where we have a lot of really raw emotion like that, that's when we're sometimes when we're most real, I think it is a beautiful thing to be thankful for that we have that capacity for feeling. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm, I'm curious too, Sheba, what your thoughts are on sort of this global fear response that we've been having with COVID and then um, with Black Lives Matter and with some really appropriate societal changes that are going on. Mm-hmm. But I, f- I feel like a lot of this is, is necessary, particularly around more people having awareness over, over racism and standing up against it. But also with COVID and this like months and months and months of fear, anxiety, uncertainty. Like if you have any thoughts on if there is a way that we could respond or relate to these circumstances, and I know I'm talking about two different things, but they're happening at the same time or very in a very close timeline. If there's a way that we could right. respond differently, so, I guess. Right. So I wish I had like some super genius answer, but one of the things that I would say in response to responding to this global crisis that we're having, I'm not talking about COVID specifically, I'm talking about the Black Lives social justice issue. One of the things that I would say is take action. And what does that mean? Well, that means something different for every single solitary person. A lot of people are like, oh, I don't know what I can do. You know what? You can do something. One of the things that we all can do is we can vote. We can vote on the local level. We can vote on a national level. We can have people, you know, challenge and invite our friends and our family to vote along with us. We can also 
protests. I mean, everything isn't for everybody. Pick whatever works for you. You can also join the protests. You can also help clean up the communities that have been destroyed with looting and rioting and that type of thing. You can also serve food and and serve water. There's so many different places within the community where you can serve that there are opportunities for you to be involved at whatever level you're comfortable at. You can support black businesses. You can have courageous, I started to say creative, courageous conversations around race and those kinds of things. And call people out when you see them doing something wrong. Hold them accountable. Let them know that that's not okay. And so there's a million different things you can do. I've seen online, there's a lot of petitions that people have for various different things. There are causes that you can support monetarily. There are things you can do. And you know what? You need to have, we need to have courageous conversations with our neighbors, with our friends, with our family, maybe with protesters, maybe with people who don't think like us and brainstorm and find out what we can do. There isn't one answer. But my thing is, be in action, do something, whatever you're comfortable at and whatever level you're at, just do something because we're all in this world together. We need to live here harmoniously together and it's going to take all of us to work together and become friends or neighbors or allies or whatever you want to call it for us to make the world better. And I know that might sound like kumbaya, but it's true. We really need to work together. I learn from other people. People learn from me. We work together. You do more and do better when you do it together than you do it alone. The point is do something and there is no wrong answer. I love that you, thank you for, for all of that and for all of the ideas of ways that people can take action. But I really love that you brought it all back to action and, and just how important that is. And I think like you were saying earlier, that is the antidote to fear. Get involved somehow, you know, some way. And, and I like that you, you detailed quite a few ways. Thank you. You're welcome. And then can you let us know where people can find you or if you are working on any upcoming projects or anything that you would like to, to share or promote with the audience? Okay. So I, well, people can find me by my first, if they want to email me, they can email me at shebacoffee at gmail.com. If they have any questions or if they found value from what we discussed today and want to find out more about the four-step process and how it can help them thrive and move forward and help them achieve their goals, they can email me and then we can be in touch that way and do a discovery call to see if they would like to work with me. I do group coaching and I do individual coaching. And you know what? Some people, we might do a discovery call and we might be a great fit fit for each other. And we might do a discovery call and we might not be a good fit for each other. But I welcome the idea of talking to people because it's a great way to learn. And then maybe I could point them in a different direction or end up working with them. So I would love that opportunity if people would just send me an email and if they and find out more if they're interested. Okay, perfect. And we can link that in the show notes as well as any of your um, social media. And I'll definitely link the TED Talk in there as well. I'm, I'm glad you said that because if people want to get to know me a little bit better, if they watch the TED Talk, they'll see a little bit more of my personality and talk and see me talk about fear a little bit more and see if that's a good fit for them and see if that's something they'd like to explore. Definitely. I really recommend everyone go and watch that talk. Um, (laughs) 
it's a wonderful it's a wonderful talk and your fashion is just impeccable too i was like really involved in what you were saying but i was like god this dress is amazing (laughs) and your shoes and not to you know say oh what if you're just a pretty lady because your content is is very moving and it's it's incredibly well delivered and very empowering and it does call one to action throughout your talk but you really look great doing it too so you know way to go (laughs) you know what i want tell you a really cute story about that dress. So I had an outfit all picked out and it was to die for Alice. I was like, oh my God, this is to, to die for. And so I ordered it. And when it came in the mail, I ripped the thing open and it was a Halloween costume. I was devastated. <laughs> no. I was literally devastated. And I had like five days to go. I was cutting it close. And I'm like, oh my God, I don't I don't have anything to wear. And I'm running to the store every day. And it was like everything that I saw looked like something you would wear to a funeral to somebody you didn't even like. It was just, <laughs> it was a train wreck. And so I was like, what am I gonna do? What am I gonna do? It was $26. Really? I couldn't believe it. I was wow. like, oh, this is gonna be dark because all of my stuff costs a couple hundred dollars. This thing, it was on, what do you call it? It's Overstock, overstock.com. And it was like $26. It came in the mail and it was to die for. And just in case I didn't find anything to die for, I had some to die for shoes. So I could kind of, you know, not pay attention to the dress. It didn't quite work out, but it was a win-win on both. And so, but that was a train wreck up until the last minute. So yeah. I'm so glad it worked for- out. Yeah. <laughs> you're welcome. I love, I love seeing powerful women in, in good fashion. I aspire to have that, both of those. <laughs> like, the fashion sure, is a challenge. I'm, I'm sure you already do, but listen to my secret, check out overstock.com. You will be pleasantly surprised. I need to go order some sheets there anyways. So I will, I'll order something pretty. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to come on and speak with me today and share about your work. Um, It's really been a pleasure. And yeah, thank you. I'll post all those notes, links in the show notes rather, so everyone can watch your TED Talk and find out more about you. Okay. I really appreciate it. I I just want to say thank you for having me on. Thank you for the opportunity to have me connect with your audience. And I am really, really impressed with your audience because once again, a lot of people say they want to do things. They don't always follow through. And I understand that your audience is all about moving forward and thriving. And I would say being in action. And so that is very courageous of them. And I'm glad to be connected. So thank you so much for having me, Alice. You're welcome.